This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. And Michael, we've got a question that's a follow-up of one that we did a little bit earlier. And uh, I'm going to let you ask the question, and then we'll see if we can't do a fairly good job of answering what what the person is asking here. We're going to do an amazing job. Amazing job. Pretty good. Amazing. All right. So this is a throwback to episode 389, where the question was asked, what does God think about gun control? Now, let's be really clear. Uh, We gave uh, some theological categories for weapons, et cetera. But um, really, this is going into much more of a political category, which is fine. We like these questions, Mm -hmm. too. So the question for today goes like so. Should I shoot to kill or just try to injure the attacker. I've had this question too, and the question asker goes on, says, I generally agree with what Tim said about gun control. I'd like to know what he disagrees. (laughs) But I have a follow-up question. If I am legally carrying a gun and a situation comes up forcing me to choose whether to use the gun to hurt or kill another human, am I sinning by not trusting God's sovereignty in that moment? Does the Bible give precedence for civilians using weapons to defend themselves or their family? Should I shoot to kill or just try to injure the attacker? What say you, Tim Chin? Well, I know good Christians are all over the map on this. And we have a whole branch, several branches of Christianity that are pacifists. And they would say the use of lethal or deadly force is something that we should trust God for and never do whatsoever in those situations. I I respect those uh, Christians that feel that way. Uh, I tend to land on a different side of this issue than they do. But let me see if I can answer this question from a couple of different perspectives. And I want to take the perspective of those that have been placed in the role, either by uh, our government in local or federal jurisdiction, where they may be uh, soldiers, they may be part of our military, Uh, they have been given the authority by our government to use lethal or deadly force in certain situations. Our local law enforcement agencies, along with our federal law uh, agencies, uh, those officers have also been given the responsibility to use deadly or lethal force if the situation calls for it. Mm. We know that there's times that the situation does call for it, and there are times that it doesn't. So in those situations, I think most Christians would land on the the side of they are given the responsibility to protect and provide safety for the citizens of our country. Yeah, but a pacifist would not agree with that. Yeah. But like a true pacifist, and I could be, I actually could be wrong. I might be misapplying pa- like true like pacifism, you mm-hmm. know, but true pacifism does not believe in war, doesn't believe America not should go to war. If they don't believe that, I can't imagine a world where they believe that a cop should shoot somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and I would agree that— you Pacifism know, leads to chaos and anarchy, basically. Well, yeah. I want to be careful of what I'm saying. I don't want to incite unjust antagonism towards us or towards me or to the Christians that hold to this position. But here is a law of nature. The law of nature is they are predators and they are prey. And the predator— is going to go on the attack because that is their nature and that is that is the way in which they provide food for themselves. The prey, those animals, 
are the ones that have to flee and do their best to defend themselves. God has uh, given some prey, uh, some defense mechanisms. For example, the antelope in Africa, when they're being attacked by a lion, God has given those antelope horns and hooves to protect themselves. And the true pacifist would say, well, the best thing to do is cut the horns off the prey and take the hooves away from them so they have no means in which to protect themselves against the attacker. And the true pacifist is going to have that same position. Let's remove all guns. Let's remove all means in which to protect from those that will attack us. And I hear that. And I understand that. And I understand the theological position of we need to just trust God. But there is another side that I think is clearly articulated in Scripture. And I just want to give you some, some brief examples of this. I could go to the Old Testament, but I I think most people are going to land on this from the New Testament. So let me just skip over the Old Testament and go straight to the New Testament. Jesus believed and justified aggressive action if the situation called for it. And if we want to say, well, Jesus was never on the attack, he was never on the aggressive side, then we need to throw out scriptures where Jesus overturned the money changers in the temple. He was going on the aggressive here. Now, he didn't use lethal force or deadly force, but he definitely demonstrated a righteous anger that a pacifist would disagree with. Jesus called for his disciples to sell their possessions in order to buy a sword in Luke 22. Now, if you're going to buy a sword in those days, it would be— Self-defense. Yeah, self-defense. Unless you're a marauder, which he wasn't telling them to be marauders. No, he's not telling them that. <laughs> but he's saying, look, you need a uh, an instrument to protect yourself because the time is going to come that you will need this. Mm-hmm. Well, if he's telling his disciples that they need to provide for themselves a means in which of protection, he's justifying the use of it. Yep. Jesus and John— Uh, never condemned the duty of the soldiers. Paul never condemned the use of the sword by the the Roman soldiers. Isn't that interesting? Whenever a soldier comes to Christ, he never tells them, stop being a soldier. But if an adulteress comes to Christ, he says, yes, stop doing this, go and sin no more. So I think to land on the complete side of total pacifism, you're going to have to do things with with certain passages of Jesus and uh, John and and Paul, where they are not condemning or saying that the use of uh, deadly force in the sense of self preservation or protection is sinful. And I think that's what our uh, question is being asked. If they have to use deadly force, is it sinful? Now, let me back up and go at this a little bit different direction because. I know that there are certain Christians that feel that they need to not only protect themselves, but protect others, and they're not in the law enforcement or the military. So these would be individuals that have the right, they've gone through the class to uh, have a concealed carry. This is something that we need to make sure that not only they understand, and, and I know if they've gone through the class, they understand this, but all Christians and all citizens need to understand this. If you are a legal concealed carry, the only time that you can draw your weapon, and again, we're talking about a gun here in this case, not a knife or something else. If you draw your weapon, it cannot be for anything less than deadly force or a life-threatening situation is ensuing. 
You cannot pull your weapon on a shoplifter. If someone, for example, I'm going to pick on you, Michael. You're preaching on a Sunday morning and someone charges the pulpit while you're preaching. A citizen that has the legal right to carry a firearm cannot draw down on them, pull their weapon, because there is no deadly force. There is no life-threatening situation coming at you. Now, if the person has a knife or some kind of other uh, item that is demonstrating Mm -hmm. a deadly incident is about to ensue, then they have the responsibility legally legally to do that. So Just don't hit me with a straight bullet. No. (laughs) And that, I think, is something that we need to be clear on. The use of deadly force is only to meet the threat of a deadly attack. Okay. What do you think? Hmm. I agree. (laughs) That's Uh, easy. Yeah. I think passivism, by and large, is not a nuanced theological position. And by that, I mean, good theology is always nuanced. Very rarely can you just uh, have a sweeping pass and make one statement about a practical theological point. Like, Christians should never use violence. Okay, what kind of violence? Verbal violence? Because Jesus used it. Yeah. Physical violence? My point in that is God himself advocated for physical violence. Jesus is going to judge the living and the dead. He's going to come with a sword. He's going to send people to hell. Jesus is going to use deadly force in the end. And so there are, in theology, what we call communicable attributes of God and incommunicable, which means attributes that we share with God God and and attributes that we don't, or things that only God can do and things that we should never do. For example, we don't judge non-Christians. That's not our, we're not allowed to do that, but God is allowed to do that. And so there are things that only God can do and should do. Um, Taking vengeance, that's not our job. We can do it, but we should not do it. God can and should do that. Mm -hmm. There's a passage actually, I think that in in, uh, Exodus that actually ironically deals really, deals with the question of what am I allowed to do before God in terms of self-defense? And and, uh, Exodus 22. 22 22-2, is that right? Yep. Yep. If a thief is found breaking in and is struck so that he dies, meaning self-defense, there shall be no blood guilt for him, the person who did the killing, the person whose home was broken into. And then it says, but if the sun has risen on him, there shall be blood guilt for him. He shall surely pay. And the point being that is if it happens in the nighttime, it's okay. If it happens in the daytime and somebody's breaking into steel, then your job is to run away because in this tribal community, you'll know who they are. That's right. The challenge is we don't live in tribal communities anymore. And so the whole point here is you are allowed under Old Covenant law, meaning Old Covenant law reveals God's values, what's mm-hmm. important to God, what's 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 okay. Even though we're not under Old Covenant law, we do get a glimpse into God's heart for how people are to interact with each other. And so under Old Covenant law, we see that God understands the nature of your home and self-defense and you're not guilty in an experience of self-defense. I would say that be- this is just an application of the point. That in this context, if somebody breaks into your home, that it's a very different context in 21st century, and you're not going to, A, know who they are, likely. B, the kind of weapons they're going to take with them into your home are different than what would happen in the tribal community. There's no, They couldn't shoot each other. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm, very right. different categories of what somebody could do. So rather than being in a tribal community of 100 or 1,000, we're in an area where 9 million people live, you know? Right. And so I, I think the same principle stands. If God understands if you are protecting yourself and if you kill somebody in the process of protecting your family and your home, you're fine. Yeah. And I wouldn't even think twice about it. Now, liberals may, you know, come at you because whatever. 
uh, even though you're doing under law what is absolutely acceptable. And they may frame this as some crazy scenario where you killed somebody just because of the color of their skin. But like before God, that is the question. I mm-hmm. can't control now what happens though in the media. I can't control what right. people do with this. There are some situations that are just flat out wrong. And there are some situations where somebody with all of their rights under the law do exactly what they should have done and their their lives get torn upside down. And and uh, so it, that is the risky part. But, you know, I can't worry about the what ifs. I need to protect right. my family in that moment. Here's the interesting thing. What you mentioned uh, just a few minutes ago is exactly how – our laws have mimicked what the Bible has portrayed in yep. the Exodus 22. The Judeo-Christian ethic creates a foundation for our for everything we understand as Western civilization and American law. And this is the understanding that we have, and this is the understanding I have about the use of deadly force if someone breaks into your home. If someone breaks into your home and you have the legal right to own or bear arms, and again, the Second Amendment right is against Tyranny, not against self, de- uh, is not for self defense. That's those are different. And there's a different standard for that. But if someone breaks into your house, and if they are are carrying a gun, or if they are demonstrating lethal, deadly force, they are attacking you. Then you have the legal right to defend yourself. If the attacker is killed in that process then the homeowner is going to be vindicated. Now, if the person who breaks into your home is not demonstrating any kind of physical threat, they are not packing a gun, they're not uh, holding a knife to your throat, and you shoot them as the homeowner, then there's going to be some legal ramifications for you that you're using deadly force when ensuing attack was not there. So that's the way it is in Illinois. It's not like that in every state. But let me let me jump back to our military and our law enforcement agencies. Because I'm uh, a chaplain uh, with our local police department, they are never, never, never taught. And regardless of what you see in the movies, they are never taught to shoot to wound. They've always taught if they have to pull their weapon, if they have to, if they have to meet force with equal force, they are taught shoot to kill. There is a reason for that. If an attacker is going to attack or going to produce a deadly situation to a military or law enforcement agency and you wound them, they have they have no qualms about even while they're wounded to ensue harm. So let's come back tomorrow. I want to address another part of this question. Uh, and, and basically, he poses the question, if I shoot to kill or to harm, whatever it is, am I not trusting God in that moment. So let's come back tomorrow. Let's just address that okay. That really distinct point of this because there is a principle here that needs to be unraveled because Agreed. I've heard Christians really misuse this term. So sound good to you? Sounds good. Awesome. And in fact, it's not going to be tomorrow. It's going to be Monday because today's Friday. So <laughs> Village Church, we will see you on Monday.